Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, a pleasant, good, frigid Monday morning. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning, Tom. It's like we're hanging meat in the studio today. Yeah, it is freezing over here. Why is that? If you walk 10 feet out of our door, it's like 78 degrees in there. I think it's... here it's 62. There's... So... I know the fans can't see it, but there's two windows right by us right, right here. And you can feel the if you step a couple steps closer, Tom, you can feel the difference just from doing that. So there's like some sort of issue there where it's not sealed very well and it's just freezing in this corner. This side of the room is freezing. Chilly over here. Men, yeah. good morning. Morning, Tom. You know, and it's naturally fresh. Reed, he's breaking out his uh Max Montoya, <laughs> oh, yeah. Anthony Munoz, oh, yeah. short sleeves, freezer bowl t-shirt ride today. <laughs> you know what's funny? It, I, two, two things I'll say real quickly is one, we moved to this office because our old office did not have heat. It was in an old building, it, it had heat, never worked. Uh, we moved here and we have the exact same problem. Secondly, I was watching that Dolphins um Chiefs game thinking that every person in Cincinnati, because so cold, they kept bringing up the freezer bowl. Every person in Cincinnati has a family member, has a relative that swears up and down they were at that freezer yep. bowl. And I don't believe half of them. I right? don't believe, yeah. I, <laughs> not, not a one. Not I've a told one. the story. I mean, I've told the story with you guys on this show. I had a guy walk down, three doors down, a neighbor who offered me tickets to the game that day. And I said, well, let me run across the street. I had not been outside yet. Oh, no. He wakes me up on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I said, let me run across the street and ask my buddy if he wants to go with me. I took five steps out the door. I turned around. I came back in. I <laughs> called him up on the phone. I said, thanks. No, thanks. No chance. <laughs> Zero chance. Nuts. Like I said, everyone has someone in their family that, like, yeah. anytime it's cold, they'll just, like, bring out, like, yeah, just a reminder. I was at the freezer bowl. Yeah, sure I was there. And you're like, yeah, whatever, uncle. Tom, if Mike Brown called you up and our, and Paul Brown stayed in, well, now Paycor, filled with snow, he needs some help shoveling. He pays you $20 an hour. Are you going to go down there and shovel I actually the might need the 20 bucks an hour, so I might do it. <laughs> I might think about doing it. Would you do it? No, I don't think I'd do it. We're going to show some video of people that, in Buffalo that are doing it. That's why you asked the question. That is correct. That's I mean, correct. the pictures are uh, they're just unbelievable. Uh, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10, hey. 12. Hey. Well, you guys are asleep. At the I was there. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We broadcast live on X. That's at Seabox Sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Today, before we go any further, it is a holiday. And we remember the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. today, a man who truly laid out his life on the line every day for God and equality for all men and women in our country and all over the world, and he did it peacefully. So let us go into this day and every day with his love for one another in our hearts. All right, Super Wild Card Weekend kicked off Saturday, and for the Cleveland Browns, it was a complete nightmare. Yes, they battled through nearly the impossible this year, Casey, despite what you say about them. Unbelievable injuries along the offensive line. They used four different starting quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and were led by the number one defense in the NFL. Oh, boy. They were favored in that opening round matchup in Houston. Remember that? We talked about it Friday. They were favored. We couldn't believe it. 
Well, the injuries caught up with him. The 38-year-old quarterback threw a pair of pick sixes, and the defense didn't even bother to show. 45-14 to 14 Texans. Rookie quarterback and former Buckeye star C.J. Stroud was sensational. Throws for nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns. Houston advances to the division round next weekend. Don't know who they're going to play yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Then came Saturday night. Now, look, we joked about the Dolphins showing up in cold weather in those teal and white uniforms that the two simply don't mix, and they don't. It was embarrassing. It really was embarrassing if you truly watched the game and watched a lot of the replays. The South Floridians were just manhandled by Kansas City 26-7. Now, was it just me or did the Dolphins, starting with their coach, just the way he was dressed compared to Andy Reid, right? Or their quarterback or their defense. They, they wanted no part of this game. They had tacklers in this game. If you watch the, I mean, I was truly appalled by it. There were three or four times in the game where their defenders could have hit Mahomes or could have hit somebody else. I, I don't even know who number 45 is. Wiley, is that his last name? They should kick the guy off the team. <laughs> he literally had a chance to blow up Mahomes while he was still in bounds on a run in the first half. And then later in the game, another guy comes near the sideline. He waves his hands at him. He like, you know, the, the, the matador. It was unbelievable. Their tacklers didn't even want to be there. Meanwhile, I tell you who didn't want to be there. He is the newest member of Nutcutter Nation. And that is rookie Rasheed Rice. This guy... He was unbelievable. With all the issues they've had at wide receiver, you ain't got to worry about him. Eight catches, 130 yards. The Chiefs will hit the road more than likely next weekend. It all depends on that Steelers-Bills game. There's a chance they could be playing at Baltimore. If they are on the road, it'll be the first road playoff game ever for Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so now we get to Sunday, right? This was supposed to be the year of the Cowboys. They have the highest scoring team in the league. A defense with playmakers. Remember we were talking about Dallas defense? Three, four, seven, eight weeks in the season. Oh, my God, Michael Parsons. Oh, my God. That's why you cannot buy the hype. You cannot buy it. When they prove it, you buy it. Otherwise, we waste our breath in this studio five days a week. They even had a home game this year. Green Bay had to win its final game just to get into the playoffs and had a quarterback who'd never started a postseason game. From the opening kickoff, this was a first-class tail-kicking supreme. The Packers take the opening kickoff. They march straight down the field. Touchdown. By halftime, Dak Prescott had thrown two picks, one return for a touchdown. It was 27-7. And Green Bay would go on and blast Dallas 48-32. Most points the Cowboys have ever allowed in a playoff game. Jordan Love throws for three touchdowns in his best, uh, what, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers impersonation. And Aaron Jones, I don't know what it is about him against Dallas. 118 yards, three touchdowns. He's had more rushing touchdowns than any Packer in history. The Pack will take on the top seed 49ers in California next week. Meanwhile, for the Cowboys, what's next? 
Does Mike McCarthy stay on as head coach? He has one year left on his contract. Or does Jerry Jones pursue Bill Belichick? All right, so going into Sunday night, all three wild card games, let's, let, let's be honest, total snoozers, blowouts. They put you to sleep, whatever you want to call it. But we were left with a game that did have the best storylines of the weekend. Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit to take on former Rams quarterback Jared Goff in the first postseason game in the Motor City in 30-plus years. Crowd was incredible. Game was even better. Goff came out sizzling 14 first-quarter points. Stafford, and we said this weeks ago on the show, one of the toughest, if not the toughest dude in the NFL. He always has been since he stepped into the league. He kept getting off the deck time after time with injuries. He led the Rams right back in it. But in the end, the Lions come away with a one-point win and will earn another home game next week. They will meet the winner of tonight's game, Philly and Tampa Bay. So, two games today. We start in Buffalo. Casey, you got this video. Look at yep. this, please. Look at this. is this morning at like 5 o'clock in the morning in Buffalo. Are you kidding me? That's this morning. Can you imagine going to that game? Oh, I, I see. No, I, I could never. Reed would. Reed would probably wear the same outfit, short sleeve T-shirt and all That's that. That's not true. I get cold. I would never show up to a game like that ever. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a nightmare. But it is going to be very fun to watch it on TV. Is there a worse investment than the the state of New York putting in a billion dollars for a stadium in Buffalo? And not getting them a dome? Yeah, that's what, crazy. What, what are they you know, doing? Here's the other thing, too, that we're not even considering. Because we're only seeing what's inside the stadium. I've been to Buffalo after a snowstorm. Right. They pile up the snow yep. like a mountain right outside the stadium. And it can, it it gets big. And that looks like a giant, like, already there's a ton of snow that looks like it's going to be a giant mountain outside their stadium. I'm That's crazy. I'm pretty sure crazy. the roads are still closed up there in Buffalo. Bu 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 right. right. So all 60,000 fans that will go to Highmark Stadium today are breaking the law. They'll be sledding. They'll be getting a tractor trailer in there. Any way they can file them in. It's probably the all those uh, get in there. community college students that are just right by the stadium. They're just going to walk from that community <laughs> college right to the stadium. And that's going to be the crowd. God <laughs> bless them. God bless them. God bless them. I mean, they're demented, but God bless them. <laughs> so you got the Steelers and the Bills. That game was moved back, of course. It was supposed to be yesterday. They've had over 24 inches of snow there. I don't know how they have that stadium ready for 430 today. No idea, but, but again, God bless them all. And then tonight on ESPN, the game today, by the way, is on CBS. The game tonight between Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, both starting quarterbacks beat up, but they're both going to start. So that is uh, an 8 o'clock tip-off or face-off or kickoff or whatever you want to call it, all the above. <laughs> I'm so damn cold, I don't know what sport we're talking about. <laughs> Off the field, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Now, here is a smart man. I mean, get the hell out of Ann Arbor and go to L.A. <laughs> He'll meet with the Chargers officially today about their head coaching vacancy. No decision, we understand, is expected right away. And for Harbaugh, let's be honest, it's probably a good time to get out. You got the investigation going on, 
And then over the weekend, we learned that two of their biggest stars, quarterback J.J. McCarthy and running back Blake Corum, have both declared for the NFL draft while he looks down the road in Columbus and they're bringing everybody back and signing everybody and his brother. So good time to get out if you're Harbaugh. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan continues to make the rounds in pursuit of a head coaching job. He met with the Falcons over the weekend. He's got four total interviews lined up. College football Jed Fish is a new head coach in Washington. That was after the departure of Kalen DeBoer, who replaces Nick Saban in Alabama. College basketball, you see. I watched you, Elliot. I watched you. They were right there for a second straight. I mean, right there with a chance to beat a ranked opponent in the final minute. But very much like the Texas game, they couldn't close a deal against number 14 Baylor and lose 62 to 59. Wes Miller said it in the Big 12. No time to hang your head because one of the top teams in the league comes a calling at fifth third tomorrow night, TCU. How about their last three games? They lose at Kansas by one. They hammer number nine, Oklahoma, and then over the weekend beat number two, Houston. Tip off tomorrow night set for seven o'clock. Xavier played its best half of this Mm -hmm. season on Saturday. The Muskies outscored Providence 44 to 25 in a 20 point win. Trey Green led the way with 23. X plays a pair of home games this week. That starts tomorrow night against their former head coach, Thad Mata. Chad Mata. <laughs> As some would say, Chad Mata. What's the, what's the joke behind that? What's the My dad gave him the nickname Chad Mata when he had come to town many, many years ago. And he had said Boy, it's great to be in Cincinnati and their great mayor, Charlie Lunkin. That's Charlie Lucan, for those that don't know. <laughs> so my dad immediately hung Thad Mata with the name Chad mm. Mata. Mm. I like that. And it's stuck. Big league nickname. It's stuck. It's a big league nickname. Big league nickname. Although I tell you, he's got Butler playing really well. Yes, they are. He's an outstanding coach. All right. Well, first of all, boys, it was sort of different uh, with the Bengalis not in the playoffs this year, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, really different. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, Don't get melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I mean, have that I, look about you right now, Case. Deep breath. You got through it. Well, let me let me tell you, um, I did something that I would do for the Bengals playoffs, and that was to just keep growing out the beard because inevitably you're going to be playing out in the cold cities of either Buffalo, Kansas, Cincinnati, um, I still did that and uh, didn't go outside at all for the playoffs. It was weird. Um, uh, not that I'm gonna get all super melodramatic about it, but it just it didn't like the TV didn't stick. Like I wasn't sticking my eyes glued onto the TV all weekend. As soon as the Texans started getting a lead, where I felt like they were just blowing out the Browns, I just switched it off and waited for the next game. I didn't even bother. Browns stunk anyways. They did. And, and then the next game, it was like. Chiefs and, and, and the Dolphins, I mean, Chiefs just completely controlled that game for the entire time. Dolphins couldn't do anything. I just turned it off after, like, the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just over by then. And I started watching the UC Bearcats game. That's how bored I was with the games this weekend. And then uh, – You didn't even watch the biggest game. You didn't even watch the best game, you said. The best, the best game was the Rams and Lions. I didn't even get to watch it, really. What? Uh, yeah, just – Why not? 
I was I was out, Tom. I was out uh, just enjoying my night. Yeah, all the games, all the games up to that point Sunday. stunk, and I, I don't know. I should have watched it. I should have found a way to watch it, but I was score. I was uh, doing the ESPN box score watching, okay. so I didn't like. I didn't see the plays, but I was watching it. You might think I'm crazy for saying this, but I mean it. I'd rather not be playing this week than have what happened to the Browns. True. I fully, fully mean that because that. So you would rather not make – this is like the old line about to have loved and lost. Correct. Right? You're telling me you would, would rather, rather have been sitting home, your team, yeah. this weekend, yeah. rather than lose the way the Browns did. Correct. Absolute. Tom, not only did the Cleveland Browns lose by 30 points. Let, let, let me round up what happened to the Cleveland Browns this year. This is the best season that Browns fans have had. In their lifetime, for most Browns fans, in their lifetime, last 30 years, this is the best season that they've had. They didn't win the division. They didn't have a home playoff game. They go on the road and lose to a rookie quarterback by 30 points. And, oh, yeah, the team you lost to has all your draft picks going forward. (laughs) That is the most (laughs) embarrassing way to lose. It's – I. The, in, a, in a league that has so much parity, like the NFL does, in all seriousness, a monkey could run an organization and probably get in the postseason every five years <laughs> just because of how much parity there is in that league. And somehow, the Cleveland Browns continue to do the impossible. It's, I, 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 it's, 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 there's a little bit of pity. I feel bad for him. It's you know- so funny. But I do feel a little bit of, I do feel a little bad for him. I feel and, nothing for him. And, and this is the thing. When you have your hard-earned paycheck on the on the on the Cleveland Browns to cover the spread. Oh my god. You start Here losing, we go. It always s- comes back start, to that. You start losing respect for people. I I lost respect for Joe Flacco. I I, <laughs> I, I lost respect for the coach, one. the quote unquote coach of the year and Kevin Stefanski. Get out of here. That team is filled with bums. Cleveland will never be good again. Casey made that joke on his stink list all year long that they sucked, and they and by God they do suck. That team didn't deserve anything. They shouldn't have been in the postseason. Wasted all of our times. I, mean, I watched every single snap of that game, yep. and they were out of it from the second quarter. Listen, completely out of it. That Browns team, they they pride themselves on having this number one defense in the league, being. Just this this great team that could get to the quarterback and sack the quarterback, yep. stop the run. They did none of those things. Nope. Absolutely zero of those things. They didn't sack them. They weren't able to stop the run. They let big play after big play get behind them. I mean, it, it was just an embarrassment, like Reed said. I have to tell you, that that Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, uh, 38 years old for Houston. I agree. I mean, I got to tell he's you, big, man. Yep, uh, you know, I haven't man. watched a ton of them this year. We saw him here. When they put up whatever it was they put up, they ran for 150, Stroud for through for 350, whatever it was. Um, but, man, I mean, you talk about some play designs now. Oh, yeah. I mean, they that's the kind of stuff that I would want to see with the Bengals. I don't see it. They should. I mean, yeah. I really don't see it. Mm-hmm. How does a 38-year-old dude, and Taylor's not a hell of a lot older than he is, maybe he's younger than he is. How old is Taylor? Taylor's older, I think. I don't know if he is or not. He's right there, though. Roughly the same. But, I mean, when you you – look, the Texans have some weapons. They have an outstanding quarterback. 
They, they've got a good, solid running back. They've got good, solid wide receivers. I wouldn't say any. I know Hill out of the but I wouldn't say any of their wide receivers. Certainly are not better than Chase and not better That's, than Higgins. I don't know. It's it's arguable. I mean. Okay, arguable for this year. Yeah. Smart Chase, but I'm saying. They're, they're good players. Is it? I, I don't see any of the play design to keep. To keep that Cleveland de- now, I still think Miles Garrett is seriously hurt. I think we're going to yeah, find out about that. I agree. He injured his shoulder. He only had one sack after he the rest of the year. After he initially hurt his shoulder, he's in a sling there for a while. He wasn't the same guy, but that that's not an excuse for why they got beat. But I mean, my God, I, where is that creativity on offense around yeah. here? Well, that that play, that scheme works so well because they're able to at least establish a little bit of a run game. And when C.J. Stroud, he, I, I want you to guys to kind of picture this because Joe Burrow stated that he cannot turn his back to the defense. He doesn't like to do it. It makes him uncomfortable because he likes to read the field. Right. C.J. Stroud is turning his back for more than like two seconds in the play off those play-action rollouts. He yeah. hikes the ball, fakes the run, and he – rolls out deeper than any quarterback in the NFL right now, sees the open guy downfield, chucks it, pinpoint accuracy. Just about every time. It's phenomenal. And it's not just that. There's other things like the screen game that they're able to do. Some of the run design is really well thought out. But they need to do more of that in Cincinnati. It's, Joe Burrow has to be able to do that. You're right. At some point, we're going to have to make Joe Burrow feel a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to have to make him do some things that he's not comfortable with. The offense, as it does revolve around Joe, he shouldn't be making – we shouldn't be doing everything to make Joe feel as comfortable as possible. I'll say this really quickly about uh, the Texans' play design as opposed to the Bengals. Um, Brian Callahan, I know he doesn't call the plays, but he is our offensive coordinator. Him getting head coaching jobs, this is going to sound incredibly disrespectful. I I say this with all (laughs) love and respect. Brian Kelly going – or Brian Callahan going to – to another team and be their head coach feels like we're selling a lemon feels like we're selling somebody a bad car a little bit in, in That's good fine faith. By me yeah but take him it, it is what it is maybe he'll be a take fantastic him. head coach i haven't seen it as an offensive coordinator the the craziest stat in the nfl this year and they they brought it up a lot over that broadcast between the texans and the browns the browns have the number one scoring off or the number one defense right yep they have by far the best scoring defense at home they have the worst scoring defense on the road yeah, that was it's, strange. Out of all 32 teams, no one has given up more points on the road than the Cleveland Browns. How does that equate? Because yeah, they always say defense it. travels, right? Yep. That's, yep. that's been the old that's adage. Right. Like, defense never goes in the slumps. Defense travels. You can take it on the road. All those things. Offense is supposed to struggle on the road. How does defense struggle on the road? And it's, they gave up over 30 points a game on the road. I don't understand how that makes sense. Doesn't make any sense. Um you know, the Callahan comment, I, I, I don't, I just don't, I say to myself, I don't think you can make an honest assessment one way or the other, good, bad, or indifferent. That's fair. On Callahan. And, fair. And, and here's the thing, ultimately. If Callahan gets a job, and the one thing that is, the, one of the primary reasons I think Callahan is getting so much run right now is because of what he had to do with this offense, making the change from Burrow to uh, Browning mm. and the style of play, getting back up under center, uh, where this team played very, very well on offense with Browning there. Yep. Um, arguably better than they did with Burrow there outside of the 49er and the Buffalo game. 
And, and I'm not saying that Browning's better than Burrow. Don't take that. It's not what I'm saying. The offense as a whole, the run game, they, they, they were much better, much more consistent, even with a guy who'd never played before. So here's the thing, though, about Callahan. He's getting all this run right now, and I think he's earned it. I really do. Uh, he comes from incredible pedigree. I've had as much respect for his dad as anybody that I've ever met in, in the sport of football. He should have never gotten fired as a head coach at Nebraska. He should have never been fired as a head coach in the NFL. And he just keeps on going. And everywhere he does, their guys show up. He was the offensive line coach this year for the Browns. Bill Callahan, phenomenal football coach. Yeah. One of the greats of all time. So Brian comes from good stock here. But I just wonder moving forward, okay, for people who don't like Zach Taylor being the play caller, and I am right at the very top of that list, okay, because I think there has been serious underachievement with the weapons on this team. And now you're going to move forward with a number of those weapons no longer on the team. So your scheme and your play design and your play calling is going to become far more important than it has the last three years. Yep. When you had Chase and you had Higgins and you had Boyd and you had you know, Burrow in there, you, you, you had Joe Mixon in there, and who knows what, Jonah Williams, like him or not. So now all of a sudden, what kind of guy are you going to get in there? Maybe you'll get another Bobby Slowick. I don't know. But how appealing is an offensive coordinator job when you don't even call the plays? Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Who want that, – that's a stupid question. There are a lot of guys that want it because you're well paid as a, as a coordinator, offense or defense, in the NFL. And Joe Burrow can make your career. Well, he can, right? but, you know, I, I think it took this year Burrow getting hurt and what Callahan did with Browning to earn him more respect and points around the league right. than he has the last two years with Burrow in there completely healthy. And, yeah, he got a token interview here or there, but nothing like he's getting so far this right. year. I mean, it, it, pitcher comes in there. Maybe he's a guy who just takes over, moves right up, you get somebody else in as quarterback's coach. But as long as Taylor's calling the plays, I think you're going to have a hard time finding somebody who's just elite or you might get somebody who's elite, but he doesn't have enough power because he's not calling the plays. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I forgot that, that Brian Callahan was Bill Callahan's son momentarily. I forgot that. But so, and, and I looked up Brian Callahan's um, resume. He's, he's more than deserving to get head coaching looks. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's going to be hard to, to get some, some wonderkind of, a, of an offensive coordinator when you won't even let him call his own plays. Well, but again, I think you, you would get somebody like a Slowick, 38 years old, young whatever guy. he is, right? Young guy. Okay, you're a coordinator. All of a sudden, you're making a half a million, three quarters of a million, million dollars a year, whatever it is you're making. So somebody's going to take the gig, and you'll find somebody good. It's just that, I don't know, it, it, it's like the enemy was so overshadowed all those years in Kansas City, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happens. Although I think he was calling more of the plays. Than, than, than Callahan was calling. Oh, yeah. 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 Here. Yeah. All right, so you got the Brownies. Casey, you want you, any parting words for the Brownies? You want to beat them down? 
You're not going to give him any credit at all. Reed said he'd rather be sitting on the sidelines this past weekend 100%. than have that done to 100%. your team. Are you kidding? Well, Tom, this is what I'll say about the Browns. You guys cheered the Andy Dalton years. They you guys are right there with your bells hard. on but and your pom-poms in your See, hands. It's, it's when Andy Dalton was getting his butt kicked every single year they were in the playoffs. It, it's different C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love have more wins than they had under the Marvin Lewis regime in the postseason. See, it's different now. And they both won. played in one game. We've won five playoff yeah, games. Yeah. Let me let me let me say what I want to say about the Browns real quick. They fought hard. They went through adversity, lots of adversity all season. You're being tongue in cheek, Casey. And, it's and, not. And they it's have not tired. Quarterback. It is. It's tired. Quarterback. <laughs> man, and and all I heard was, man, they're going to the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's undefeated in the I wild card round. You know, number one defense. Miles Garrett is the best graded PFF player in, in all of history. All these things amounted out to zero sitting on the couch next weekend. So, congrats, Browns. You uh, you made it to the playoffs. You didn't even win the AFC North. Um, maybe next year you'll be able to figure it out. But I kind of doubt it because you're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson $100 million. Or Flacco. Or Flacco, I don't know. Have to do you, well, you, you have, have to, to pay Deshaun Watson hundred million dollars. The, the story of the game is not the Browns; it is the Texans. I don't. I didn't believe in the Texans. That's right. I, That's that is, right. I, yeah. I, I kind of Zebra. thought. I, I kind of thought it was a little. They were a little bit fraudulent. Uh, I sniffed out that. We'll talk about the Dolphins game here in a second. But I sniffed out those rats in Miami a long time yeah. ago. Same I thing think we with, all did. Same thing <laughs> with. Same thing with Dallas. Those rats. Right yeah. here. They, the the they get two win they get two losses all year. You proclaim them the best team. Well then Reed spews the stats. Oh, they haven't played literally anybody all season long. They get to the playoffs, they get their ass kicked. Anyway, uh, the Texans, I didn't believe in the Texans. I now believe in the Texans. CJ Stroud is a legitimately good quarterback. Yes. A legitimately good quarterback. He's been really I, I, good. What was that? He's been very, very good. He's been very really good. Yeah. And this is where Casey's actually right, because Casey was high on this team before we played the I, Texans. I even said they were going to win their division. They did. I think they're legitimately good. And, and here's the here's the best part. No, their receiving core is nowhere close to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Nowhere close. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, not even close. But he makes them. He elevates those receivers mm -hmm. to being superstars. Robert Woods, that guy's 52 years old. Yep. He's still making plays. Dalton Schultz is dropping passes on the sidelines. Yep. Still making plays. That's Devin fair. Singletary's a beast. I think the Texans, and again, Sir Boy was pumping this on Twitter, x.com, so maybe I should be a little hesitant towards it. But Sir Boy did say it, and I kind of agree with it. I think the Texans can maybe get to an AFC Championship game. That's how explosive their offense looks. Yeah. That's how good their defense looked in that game. And that's that was my take as whoever the the winner of this game was was going to prove do, do the Browns really have a top tier defense or are the Texans that good on offense right that's what it was going to prove mm -hmm. and by far Houston's offense is explosive phenomenal I don't know if there's a team that can really slow it down the they're going to have to keep up with can. them they're going to have to keep up with the Houston Texans though is what I'm getting I, I'll be honest I this was this validated a lot of things about the Houston Texans for me I kind of I, I, I was tired of it, right? Everyone after they beat yep. the Bengals, this team's for real. This team's really good. And I was like, no, 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 no. And everyone's hyping up C.J. Stroud. He deserved all the hype that he got. He, he, he is outstanding. He, he is He's going to win a lot of games down there in Houston. All that being said, I don't think they got a shot against presumably the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens next week. But that's for we'll, – we'll talk about that later in the week. This was, like I said, validating for me watching C.J. Stroud. He throws a good ball. 
They, they have a really good offense. Like, he, he does things that are indicative of not only a franchise quarterback, but a guy that, that can take you to the promised land. He does all those things well. And uh, I, I think there was a coming out party for a couple of quarterbacks this, this week and not just C.J. Stroud. I think Jordan Love equally um, deserves praise for what he did to the, to the Dallas we'll Cowboys. Yeah, we will get into uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, it should be noted, just, just in case you're curious, okay? You talk about Love, three touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Talk about C.J. Stroud, three touchdowns, right? Right. First playoff game for both. Lamar Jackson has thrown three career playoff touchdown passes. Joe Burrow has played in seven playoff games. He's thrown nine. So here you have Stroud. Now, he's only a rookie. It's only one game. But it was against the number one defense in the NFL. Yep. Um, Listen, I'm I'm not saying for a second that I think Houston is going to do it. But I would not be shocked at all if Houston beat anybody in the AFC. I think they're that good. I agree. Because the only games where they really stunk the place up this year, the Jets game is when Stroud got the uh, concussion. Yep. Okay, they stunk it up. And then they stunk it up the next week when he didn't play. Against the Browns. Yep. So, you know, they go 10-7 and on the year. They could easily have been... 11 and 6. Hell, who knows? They could have been 12 and 5. Yeah. They certainly would have beaten the Jets with Stroud healthy. All right? And then he comes back and they avenge the loss that they have early in the year when he's there, even though he didn't play against Cleveland. So, I, you know, you look at these teams left in the, uh, in the AFC. All right, which brings us now to the second game on Saturday. And I said it in the monologue. I. There is so much to be said, in my opinion, and some might say, ah, oh, that's, that's baloney. And you know what? You might be right. You might be right. But when I'm sitting there and I'm at a buddy of mine's house and just when the teams come on the field and you see Mike McDaniels, who literally looks like he's going to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> he's got stuff over his face. He's got his glasses on. He's got the thing over his head. He's got this parka. He's got this snowsuit on. And then you look at Andy Reid. He looked like Santa Claus over there. <laughs> Nothing on his face. He's got snot that froze into his mustache. He's not even wearing gloves. And you just look at him and you say, okay, all right. If I'm a player and I'm looking at my coach, who... Who's the nut cutter in this operation, all right? And then every time you get a shot of Mahomes, he's standing there with his headband on, nothing over his ears, helmet off, sitting on his sideline. He's throwing a jacket every now and again. Then they take the shot at Tua, the Hawaii guy. And, and I mean, mean, look look at this shot of Andy Reid. Look at that. (laughs) Now, you tell me you don't want to play for that guy. (laughs) <laughs> Look at that guy. Oh, that's brilliant. That looks like old man winner. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and I mean, and then and then every time they took a shot at Tua, he's sitting over there. And look, I'm not beating the guy down for growing up in Hawaii and for getting, you know, going to Alabama where it's warm all the time and then going to Miami where it's warm all the time. But my goodness. Look at that. 
Yeah, That's a man's man. <laughs> Look at the video. Look at him. <laughs> There's icicles. Andy Reid. And, 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 and I, I repeat again, he was not even wearing gloves. Every time they showed Tua, he's sitting over there on the sideline. I mean, head down. And then they're tacklers. I, I, I wanted to get sick to my stomach. I can only imagine being around my buddy Chris Spielman. We'll get to him here in a minute. I can only imagine being around him and sitting next to him and watching that game. With that number 45, I think his number is. And I think his last name's Wiley. I don't know. I don't care. But all I know is I would care if I was the general manager or the head coach of the Dolphins. Because early in the game, he had a chance he wouldn't have been penalized. He had a chance to blow Mahomes up. I mean, light him up in those kind of conditions. And I'm not suggesting hurting somebody. That's not what I'm saying. It's cold. You make them pay for running. Hit right. the guy. That's right. And as Spielman used to say to me, you know what? Sometimes you get a penalty. Who cares? But then later in the game, I don't know if it was Pacheco or somebody and they come over near the side, and, and he basically just, like, like it was touch football. And I thought to myself, th th this is going to be one of the all-time blowouts in playoff history. That game was a joke. It was a joke. And, and the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. People Correct. around here can hate them. Correct. I mean, Thank they you, are the Chiefs. When it gets down to nut-cutting time, when the playoffs begin, they are the Kansas City Chiefs. I've everyone in the chat hates me for saying this, and I've said it all year long, is that yes, you watch the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's not the same team that's putting up 45 points a, yep. a playoff game. It's not that team anymore. But at the end of the day, are you still going to bet against Patrick Mahomes, the perceived best quarterback in the league, and Andy nope. Andy Reid, the perceived best coach in the league? Not a chance. And I never will. And I know, especially against the Miami Dolphins. Like this is a team that once again, Elliot already brought it up over here on this side of the room. There was never an ounce of respect no. for the Miami Dolphins no. all year long because we knew what they were. We knew what Tua was. Like we, We've seen this team underperform in big games every time they've done so. Tua especially. Tua especially. And, and I, we're we're going to do buy or sell later, and, and one of the questions revolves around Tua, but the Miami Dolphins need to start thinking about their quarterback situation in a hurry because Tua, Tua can't throw a ball 20 miles an hour. It, yeah. it was just floating. No. You know how I knew Tua's not the guy? Casey's got the clip right yeah. here. Tom, after a 26-7 to loss in the postseason, one of Miami's best seasons, after a, and that's even with uh, the tank job at the end of the season, choking away the division, um, this is what Tua had to say to Patrick Mahomes. So, if you couldn't hear it, that was Tua, the losing quarterback of that game, asking Patrick Mahomes to mail him a jersey of Patrick Mahomes. Oh my goodness. After getting humiliated 26-7 in the postseason, Tom. That's your franchise quarterback? He's going to ask the opposing quarterback who just slapped you around all day for his jersey? Is he going to sign it? What, do you want a picture? <laughs> That's preposterous. 
Tua completed almost, what was it, 50% of passes? Correct. He had a 50% uh, passer rating. I, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. If you take Tyreek Hill away from the Miami Dolphins, legitimately, you can say, and we have this argument with Justin Herbert all the time. If you give Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson. If you give Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase. Yada, yada, yada. This is actually true. If you take away Tyreek Hill from the Miami Dolphins, if you take him away, right. he doesn't complete 30% of passes. He doesn't throw for more than 150 yards in games. He is a bum, a certifiable Alabama quarterback bum. These guys don't equate in the NFL. I'm very sorry to say, but it's very true. Alabama quarterbacks don't work in the NFL. They haven't for a long, 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 long time. And, and, and Tua is just another name on the list. Tyreek is going to be gone soon. And when that happens, you have to get rid of Tua. You have to. Well, that, that's a dilemma they're facing right now. This is where you get into this sort of, you know, fine line thing here about, are you going to pay Tua? I mean, it's the old adage. Right. You know, you got to replace. We talk about this on the program all the time. If you're going to replace somebody, that's fine. Make your decision, whatever it is, whoever it is. But, man, you better have plan B and plan C and plan D on who's going to take his place. Because during the regular season, the guy's pretty damn good. But in, 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 in December and now January, that whole franchise just melts before your very eyes. And that's ironic, melting in the snow. But that's what they do. They right. melt in the snow. For, for the record, as opposed to Tua, if, if you look at what the Mike McDaniel is considered to be an offensive savant, right? He's, he's considered yep, to be one of the best. And he is. He's very good. He's, I think he's a very good coach. And, and you're talking about replacing him. Look at all the other offensive savants in the league and what they've done with their questionable quarterback play. We'll, we'll start seven years ago in Kansas City. Andy Reid was winning a lot of games with Alex Smith. A lot of games with Alex Smith. Winning the division. And they draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round and make the, sh make the move immediately. Um, Sean McVay went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Went in a lot of games with Jared Goff. Yep. Wasn't the guy. They moved off him. And they get Matt Stafford. It's worked out. Kyle Shanahan. He went in a lot of games with Jimmy G, right? Went in a lot of games up there with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they keep, they keep moving the door. So I think that it's inevitable that the Dolphins move off of two. Just because I, I, I think they've reached their ceiling with it. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks raise the ceiling. And, and the final thing I'll say about the Dolphins was three weeks ago, they beat the Dallas Cowboys at home, 22-20. to 20. And they demanded respect. You, you go back and look at those post-game conferences. You go back and look at some of the, the videos posted on social media from the Miami Dolphins. They demanded respect from the national media after beating the Dallas Cowboys. What have they done since? They lost to the Ravens by 40 points. They lost to the Bills at home with a chance to win the division. Then they go on the road and lose by 20 in Arrowhead and get absolutely demolished. So congratulations on demanding your respect. You earned it, Miami Dolphins. Here's the craziest part, Tom. You said he's good in the regular season, and I can't, I can't say you're wrong because he, in fact, was very good during the regular season, Tua. They played six games this season, this entire season that includes the Chiefs game. Six games a season where they faced an opponent with a winning record. They won one of those games. Yep. And that was against, I'd argue, the second biggest fraud in the NFL. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. In the Dallas Cowboys at home. So this is not a Miami Dolphin team that has handled adversity well at all. Not that they've had given really the chance to face it. They were blown out by the – they lost by 30 to the Bills earlier on in the season. They lost by 40 to the Ravens. They, they lose to the Bills again in a must-win game. Well, really, the Bills' offense is, was terrible. They had yeah, three turnovers. Yeah, to give the game they, away. Josh Allen threw three – 
Reds at three red zone turnovers. Three red zone turnovers. So no, I, I listen. It's it's time to move on from Tua. Yeah. Respectfully, I say that with love, and I say that with respect. Yeah. I don't even think it's just a, a Tua thing either, though. I mean, their offense was phenomenal the first like eight weeks of the season, and it was kind of. Uh, fluffed up from that Denver game where they had 300, 400 yards right. rushing the ball, and they're like this top-tier top, top tier rushing team. People look at the stats and go, well, they're like a top-10 rushing attack. And, yeah, because they had two or three games where they just absolutely demolished teams in the beginning of the year. They are one of the worst teams just just because of where they're located. And it's I don't know if that can change, if it's going to take someone else to, to get them in gear, but – Beginning of the year, the Dolphins are always fantastic. Yeah. They've always they've always been very really good in the beginning of the year because when they go play in Miami in the middle of August and September heat, yep. it's brutal. Well, she, and, and, and they just can't compete during the wintertime. They cannot compete in cold cold weather games. I don't know what it's going to take for them to be able to get a guy that can do that, but it's definitely not Tua. They're going to have to win win games so that they play at home. Yep. Yeah. Because if they get the one seed, then they won't have to worry about playing cold weather. Which they're they, close to getting that. They're close. Right. They, they beat the Cowboys and had a chance to, to do it. And they they demanded respect, and they got it. They got a, they got the respect from the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom, I've never seen a quarterback. And, and it was cold. It was very, very cold. So that, that's going to affect it so much. I've never seen a quarterback in the NFL have as little of arm strength as Tua. The ball just floats everywhere. And it's not just the cold weather. He does it in the warm weather, too. But he's got no zip behind that at all. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford is 40 years old, throwing it backwards between his legs 45 yards <laughs> downfield. Well, I, I, some guys just have cannons. I mean, right. you know, Flacco's one of those guys. And he had a terrible right. game. Correct. But he's one of those guys who could throw it through that wall over there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just I, – I don't know what you do when you're in that position with Miami. I really don't. Because it's, it's really easy to sit here and pick apart uh, Tua. But you've gotten the playoffs the last two years. Mm -hmm. You bring in the fact that he had the concussions last year. He's only, what, 24, 25 years old. But you got to replace him. I don't know who's out there. Kirk Cousins. Uh, what's that? Kirk Cousins. I mean, that. Oh, God. No way. No way. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, at least he <laughs> no could probably way. win you a playoff game. What's that? At least he could win you a playoff game. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, when's, when did he most recently do that? I think two or just, three years ago? Yeah, two or three. Okay. The, the, the story, the story I mean, is, no. though, in the NFL, the last, over the last five years, that if you, if, you feel like you've met, if you felt like you've met your ceiling with your quarterback and you've got an offensive-minded coach, it's probably time to move on. Sean McVay, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, they all have shown that. Yep, yep, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, uh, okay. So that brings us to uh, Sunday where we had the game in Buffalo canceled. And everybody can certainly understand that uh, because of the weather situation. There, they, a lot of people were wondering, would they even get uh, the Steelers team playing in there? They had to fly out <laughs> yep. two days ago. And they were shutting wow. down the airport, all travel, the roads, et cetera, et cetera. They got in there, thank God, safely. Uh, and so that game is today at 4.30 p. in snowy, balmy Buffalo, New York. Governor came out and said, we're not moving it again today. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Hochul. Whoa, big ligger. All right. Um, it, one, one, one last thing, though, on, on, uh, on the chat here. Everett, I'm not taking the bait. 
<laughs> oh, no. I'm not taking it. I'm not. What did he say? Which one I, was it? Everyone wants to get back to the whole thing about the, the comment I made about all the points that McPherson has scored. Oh, that the, the Bengals Burrow offense stuff. did not. He's, he's saying that And so he's Fox. trying to get he's, – he's doing this. He's throwing the line in the water, right? The old fly fishing thing, right? Here we go. <laughs> We're throwing it out there and trying to get it right over there. Where that trout sitting right over there. I'm not that trout today. <laughs> he's I am not, he's not that, that trout. trout today. I'm he's not, not that trout. Harrison Butker, all the points. I, I, Everett, I'm not. I was born at night, not last night. <laughs> okay. Easily triggered, granted. All right, so now we get to the um, – Dallas Packers. Yeah, you know what? Before we get into that, let's, let's get our ad reads, okay? Yep. Okay. And, let's get, and then we come back, we're going to talk about the two games yesterday, the two games today and tonight. And then we'll get into a little bit of college basketball and, and a little bit of college football. The whole Harbaugh thing. I mean, how many teams he's going to interview uh, with, we don't know. We know that today he has an interview with the L.A. Chargers. And he does have a relationship with the Chargers. He played out there his last two years in the league before retiring. So uh, there's that to talk about. One thing I wanted to get into at the end of last week, and we'll wait for the very end today is the future of Alabama football. Because I recall numerous conversations I've had with numerous former head coaches in college football in talking about Alabama and how great of a job that really is, unless you're Nick Saban. Because go back and look what happened between Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Not a single national championship at Alabama. Not one through a laundry list of coaches. So is this job all it's cracked up to be? Forget what they did under Saban. What about moving forward? Casey, take it away. All right, Tom. The uh, Bengals Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and... The Miami Dolphins are frauds. Productivity. Productivity. The Dallas Cowboys are frauds. Productivity. I really wanted the Lions to lose so we could just hammer home all the frauds. And I've oh, got... if those three. By the way, sorry to interrupt, Casey. If those three would have, if the Rams would have finished off the uh, the, the fraud line. sweep last night, <laughs> yes. I would have put my life on the Tampa Bay Bucks tonight. Oh my God! So and, much money. And I, I'm still debating doing it. I'm I'm very close. I haven't made up my mind yet. I guess we'll talk about that on Box Lunch today. But um, right. Yeah, Which is free. By the way, Box Lunch, free today if you want to stay after the show. Correct. I'm so thirsty. Anyone know any good water? Uh, I do. Ooh. Pawnee water. I was Ray, just trying right to think of one. in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike what? the artificial processing that other brands use. Where is it from? Hamilton, Ohio. Oh, my City God. of Sculpture. Yeah, City of Sculpture. And the result is a City healthy alkaline water. And know. some say the best tasting water in the world. Man. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF. Drink lots of Pawnee Water and uh, get your technology solutions from Encore. I would also encourage you all. I know that box lunch is free today. But if you want to, you know, become continue a member. To watch. If you, if you want to continue, continue to watch, to watch us on box lunch, become a member today. I'll put, the, I'll put the link yeah. in the description. And if you're enjoying the show. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. We really appreciate it. It helps us grow. And on top of that, I would also like to promote 
when we post videos, if you could just leave a little like and a comment, uh, that would do us a, a lot of uh, a lot of good for growth so, on the show. So let's do a thing. Let's do a little thing here. So box lunch today is going to be free. Um, as you mentioned, that's for members. On Fridays, we play a game called Quiplash, which is the most fun part of the all the content we do of the week. Quiplash is by far the most fun thing we do. We do that Friday. But uh, I'll make you guys a promise. We're already doing box lunch for free today. If this stream, when this stream goes off, you can comment on it, right? You do the live chat right now. But when this stream goes off, you can comment on the stream. If this stream gets, what, 50? 50 comments? Yes. If this stream gets 50 comments, 50 individual comments, it just can't be mouse cop in there going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. If this stream gets 50 comments after we go off air, we'll do box lunch for free on Wednesday as well. Oh, a twofer. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think uh, that's a good goal. 50 comments for the end of this show. I'm pretty sure you can even comment live on this show too. If you just uh, if you're on your mobile device, if you click out of the live chat, and then uh, maybe not. Yes. Maybe not. It has to be after. But after the show, we also have box lunch. So comment uh, just the- comment after the show. Comment who you think is a bigger fraud, the Packers or the Dolphins? In Packers? Or my bad, bad, not the Packers. The the Dolphins or the Cowboys. Ooh, that's a good one. So you comment on that. We get 50 of those. In we'll all, do box lunch for free on Wednesday. In all seriousness, the answer is the Cowboys, right? It's the Cowboys. I think it's, I think it's a tie. I think the cow- I have been I asked Tom on Friday. Would he would he go on a rant about the Dallas Cowboys if they were to lose in embarrassing fashion? And by god, if there was ever a way, and we were talking about on Friday how um, owner of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, uh, Jerry Jones was you know a little iffy with the media on if he was going to bring back Mike McCarthy. He's like, oh, I don't know. We'll see how this weekend goes. If there was ever a we'll see how this weekend goes and then have it go the absolute worst way possible for Mike McCarthy, it was on Sunday. It was yesterday. It could not have gone worse by any stretch of the word. It was uh, – if, if, did they punt? Did they punt in that game? Did the, did the Packers I think punt? It, in the fourth quarter they did when they took Oh, in the fourth quarter they punted. Yeah, when they were up 48-10. to 10. And by the way, they scored – what did they score? 30-something points at the 32 points? Those points don't count. Right. Yeah. It was after five minutes when Dak decided to stat, to stat boost, and he, threw for, he ended up throwing for 400 yards because the Packers packed it in. They didn't care anymore. What a joke the Cowboys are. You know, there are times when uh, when analysts and play-by-play guys too, but there, there there are times when analysts just talk just to talk and they don't add anything whatsoever. Yep. Okay, whether it's the guys in the studio um, or um, or guys doing the game. One of the best moments I've heard from an analyst in I don't know how long. You guys probably saw it last night. Was Jason Garrett when he was asked about Jerry Jones, who, of course, Jason Garrett was a head coach of the Cowboys for a long time, and they asked him right at the conclusion of the game, you know, where do you think Jerry Jones is on all this? He says, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen here. Jerry Jones is going to be very cordial at the end of the game with the media. He's going to say all the right things about the coaches and the players And he's not going to come out and say anything irrational or controversial. He said, that'll be after the game today, last night. And then again today. He said, but by the time you hit Tuesday and then Wednesday, 
when they start huddling up, as every team does, and having your postseason meetings, exit interviews with players, sit down with the people around you, your football people, your coaching staff, he said, you can take it to the bank that heads are going to roll. And that's exactly what Jones did yesterday. He was asked and asked and asked, and he says, I am not going to get into this thing. This is devastating for me. I thought we had the team this year to finally get to a Super Bowl. Um, and it was ugly right from the get-go. Opening kickoff. Here they come, the pack. I think it was a 12-14 play drive. They run it eight or nine times. Aaron Jones, here we go, here we go, here we go. Right? Mm-hmm. Big one down the middle of the field. Love hits early on. Big, big completion. They go in for the touchdown. And then right from the get-go, you know, Cowboys, they got to kick a field goal. They get a red zone. Then all of a sudden, bang. Here, come, here, here comes Green Bay. Bang. Pick six. It's 27 to 7 at halftime. Did you see Jimmy Johnson yesterday? Oh, yeah, we did. At halftime. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, he had to watch what he was saying, how he was saying it. Could you imagine being in a locker room with that guy? If he'd have been able to say what he wanted to say? No. Did you see that? Oh, I did. Huh. Did you see it, Case? I, I did see it. I mean, that was, He was fired up not, now. I did not. I was at my I Skyballs. mean, you know, Strahan had to calm him down a little bit. Jimmy was hot. I, don't, I have the clip. I don't know if we're allowed to play the clip, but I have it. We'll just make it not. He well, was hot. Okay, yeah. He we'll, we'll was really hot. And he was, I mean, like you said, he had to watch his language. It wouldn't have been the same in the locker room as it was on television, clearly. But, man, he was hot. He clearly still has a fondness, and understandably so, uh, for the Cowboys. Won two Super Bowls here. Um, but th- this was just a disaster. A oh, total, was... total, does you have it here? You want to put I, it on or no? Yeah, I got it. All right, now just well, look at his face, though, is what I want you to look at. Because... He is really angry. Go ahead, check this out. Well, first of all, I, I can't say what I would say now on television. <laughs> but I'll just say this. Every single one of you, you know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. All right. That's got oh, Michael fired. He's got no, Michael fired. No, no, Mike. No. Let me get in no. front of you. Me first, you, Ryan. No. <laughs> I could not agree. See, if you more. notice here, there's little things right there in body language. If you really pay attention, Jimmy didn't think any of that stuff with Strahan was funny. Mm-hmm. He found nothing funny about any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. He was genuinely hot. Now, I will give Dak Prescott all the credit in the world. He came out afterwards, and they say in, in the town, in the city of Dallas, that he is the most media-savvy, media-friendly quarterback there is in the league. Yeah. Stand-up guy. Right. It's hard not Everyone to like him. the human being, Dak Correct. Prescott. Correct. You can get upset with his interceptions. And he cut way down on those this year than he did last year. Unfortunately, it reared its ugly head again in the playoffs yesterday. He throws two of them. He has a fumble, throws a pick six. But after the game, he said, I'm the one that's, that, that, that stunk. And 
if anybody's calling for Mike McCarthy uh, to be run, they ought to be calling for me to get run. I have a lot of respect for a guy who does that. That's that's the thing about Dak, and that's why that they've they've held on to him. Like when when before he got paid the big contract, everyone was like, "Man, I mean, it's the same thing we're doing with Tua." The difference was is that everyone loved Dak. Everyone in the clubhouse loved Dak. Everyone in the media loved Dak. Despite the clear limitations that he's presented in the postseason, despite the clear limitations that he's presented in big time games, everyone loves Dak, and it's hard not to. He says the right things all the time, but. Here's the thing: is that can only get you so far. Yep. Right. Saying the right guy. I mean, you, you, you can love the guy in the clubhouse, but I need to love him out on the field as well, all the time. I. They're just they, they just constantly. We do this to ourselves every single year, and I'm going to ask you guys not to do it next year. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win 12 games next year. They're going to they're gonna compete for the NFC East. They're going to compete for the one seed. They're probably going to have a new coach. They're at least going to have something different. And we're going to convince ourselves this Dallas team's different. This team looks a lot better. They've got the best score in offense. They've got a great defense this year. Micah Parsons tearing it up. But just remember this game because it'll happen again. It, it, we, we just can't keep doing this. Casey? I mean, me and Everett are thinking the exact same thing here. Based off of what Dak Prescott said in that presser, well, Dak, maybe I am looking at you and Mike McCarthy to get out of here. Right. I mean, in Jerry Jones' perspective, right, because you got to look at it from his shoes. He does not have a lot of time left, okay? He's unfortunately very a very old owner, and he's got to win one before he unfortunately leaves the, the, this, this, uh, this world. Okay. So... I personally, if I was him, I'd be looking at the whole team. I would be saying, you know, I don't think this guy is a top 10 quarterback or whatever. I don't think this guy can win me a Super Bowl. I got to go get someone else. There is a trade market for Dak Prescott. We know this. There's going to be a, a, a better option at, at coaching here this year. You might as well take your pick of the litter this year because you might not get another crop of coaches to come up any other time. Bill Belichick has done it time and time again, and I'm not saying that's who they should go for, but that's the guy he wants, probably out of out of all the coaching options. That's the guy he should go get. Could you imagine? In, in, could you in imagine? Jerry, in Jerry Jones' perspective, I want him to do what he thinks that he can, whatever he needs to do to be able to try to win a Super Bowl. Casey. Because the guys he's got right now, they 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 fail at the biggest moments. They're the biggest frauds in the NFL. Have you seen Casey, Bill Belichick you, in a press conference? I was gonna say, have you have you and Al- Alexandra ever ever put a couple together? Ever try to pair up a couple? Well, I'm just saying. From I'm not I'm not trying to to Matt. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying if that's who he wants, Jerry Jones should go do that because he doesn't have a whole lot of time left from Jerry Jones' perspective. Now, from just an analytical perspective, they should probably keep the guys that they got. Just keep rolling with it. I'm sure Deck Prescott will win another game. You don't want to just sacrifice. Uh, your future for one year because that's what you would have to do because Dak Prescott cost a whole lot of money. Mike McCarthy, he's already built up this system that, you know, Dak would have to learn another system. The whole offense would have to be reshaped again. So, I don't know. It's a tough spot for Jerry. See, but Prescott is not under this big money deal. He is not he under – what, 40 or something like that? He is not under the uh, – the uh, in that Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert – 
uh, Jalen Hurts. He's not in that group. He signed a four-year, $160 million contract. It's 40, right? In 2021. He's only got one year left on that deal. At the end of next year, he is a free agent. There is no way on God's earth, no chance the Cowboys are moving Correct. off Dak. He's 30 years old. He's 2-5 and five in the playoffs. And, and in two of the playoff games, he has just been awful. Um, but, I mean, look. Really, Their defense yesterday yeah, it was, was really and again, I, I just get so tired. I look back and I'm almost, I almost want to hang my head in shame that I get so wrapped up in this crap that we talk about over the course of a season. All I heard about in this studio was how great the Dallas defense is. Yeah. Oh my God. They're the best thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> Not from this. Oh side. my God. Micah Parsons giving the MVP. I mean, the last four or five games of the year, people ran the ball right down their mm -hmm. throat. Yeah. And I mean, Aaron Jones yesterday was, you know, he, he, he was a machine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys. I just get tired of looking. I mean, I get so tired of the hype. Go It'll prove it. It'll happen every it. year. I, I know, but I'm not, I'm not going to let it happen anymore. I mean, I used to joke right. around about Sir Boy Wonder. I wasn't buying the hype with all these young Reds players, and I'm not going to buy it until they do it in the long haul. I'm not going to do it anymore. There was nonsense sitting here praising how great the Cowboys are when in reality they won the division only because Philadelphia stunk it up. Lost five of the last six games. Tom, you're, you are absolutely right. And that was the point I was going to make is that next year, what's going to happen? Mike McCarthy is as good as gone. He's done in Dallas. They're going to have some new coach. And I don't know who it is. And we, we can speculate on the, on the big name that, that gets thrown around there. But they're going to have some new coach. And they're going to look fantastic in September and October again. They're going to be 7-1. and one. Top scoring offense, top scoring defense, all these things. And we're going to convince ourselves once again that the Dallas Cowboys are back. It's the 90s. That's it's Aikman, right. it's Emmitt Smith, That's all right. these guys. The, the Packers or the, the, the Cowboys are back. And it's going to be more of the same. I'm just saying, do not do that until our eyes, until your eyes see them win a meaningful game in the postseason. Do not fall into that trap. In case he made an, illusion, an assertion and he's like, go get Bill Belichick. Maybe that'll solve your problems. I don't think Lucifer himself no, I don't, I don't. could make a match worse than Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. Well, I'm not saying that's the that's the answer. I'm saying if that's what Jerry Jones wants. That, that relationship would dissolve faster than sugar and water. Could you? It would fall apart so quickly. Mr. Mumbles up there in the press conference against <laughs> against the owner that does a TV that does a radio show three times a week and is constantly belittling the head coach. That if if Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft couldn't get along, as as there's rumors that they, they couldn't get along, how in the hell? Or is Jerry Jones, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys fandom, and Bill Belichick ever gonna get along? Can I, let's let's play a little game. You'll be the media, and I'll be Bill Belichick. Ask me a hard-hitting question about the Cowboys. I'm the Cowboys head coach, Bill Belichick. Um, Jerry Jones had, in his radio press conference, said um, some disparaging things about your decision to to kick as opposed to going for it in the fourth quarter. 
well, there's a kick, and I'm going to kick, and I'm going to kick, and I'm going to hate the media, and we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> and that's how it would go. That's Every right. single press conference. Hey, listen, him and, and by the way, not to mention, Bill Belichick's going to want control of the team. You think Jerry's giving that up? Tom's been saying that Jerry has like six different talk shows a week. Jerry's as much involved. He's the most involved owner in the history of sports. That's not happening. It, it well, never... you know, I got to tell you, Steve brings up a great point here, and this is the best thing I've read in a long time. Steve from Chicago, he says, hey, look, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones, they found a way to make it work. Not a bigger, not a bigger ego true. in the world than either one of those two guys. True. And I, I mean, look, I loved what McCourty said last night on television. And this is all you need to know about what people think who played for the guy. McCourty said it once. He said it five times on NBC last night. He said, if any team has a chance to get Bill Belichick, he said, I can promise you what happened in this Dallas game today would never right. happen That's again. Fair. Agreed. That's fair. He and said, I you would be a fool not to go hire the greatest coach in the history of football if he got a chance to get it. I agree. And, and like the team is already built. It's already ready to compete. I think that is true. I think the roster from, from top to bottom, maybe the quarterback you can have a, a, a bugaboo about, but that defense is ready. And Bill Belichick being a defensive mastermind throughout his entire career, I mean, he still boasted a pretty good defense. Damn being, right he did. Being 3-14. and 14 There's or no doubt about it. They played 13. good defense most of this year. I think that's a – Despite what you guys want to talk about, the, the personalities don't fit, yada, yada. Jerry Jones has already said that he would like to have him, and I know that was maybe year, many years well, yeah, ago. Yeah, he wants to have him. He likes shiny but, things. But, yeah, I mean, like, all you need is one year for Jerry Jones. That's all he wants is one year. And he doesn't need he, a dynasty again. He wants to just win one more Super Bowl. And how do you do that? I think you get the best coach of all time. You're right. You guys are right that if Bill Belichick – was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys on um, yesterday. This game probably doesn't end like it does. But, I mean, let's just do a quick fact check what happened last time Bill Belichick played a postseason game. They were uh, down 27-3 to at halftime. They lost 47-17. to So let's not act like Bill has, is impervious to getting blown out in the postseason. No, but I think what he's saying is when you have actually a fighting chance with a quarterback that yep. can do anything. That's fair. I mean, I think that's, that's what he's saying. That never happened when Brady was there. And that's where I disagree with Casey. That's the only point I disagree with. I do think Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. A very, very, very good quarterback. I don't know why he becomes Andy Dalton in the postseason, but during the regular season, despite who he plays, he has shown signs that he is an elite quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback in my eyes, at least during the regular season. Again, he turns into Andy Dalton in the postseason. I don't know what happens. I don't know what goes through his mind. Uh, I, 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 is he a mental little person? I don't know. Maybe he might be. Um, but I, I will say this. If Bill Belichick were to inherit this Cowboys team, I would be then fearful. I don't think it'll ever happen in a million years, Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones joining forces. But if they were to, I would be scared. See, that's, that, that's, that, that's where I was alluding to. That if Bill Belichick gets, gets the Dallas Cowboys job, we will do this same exact thing next year. We will do this same exact thing where we will see a Dallas Cowboys team beat up on on. On teams beneath them, and we will convince ourselves this team's different. They got Bill Belichick, and that's what it was like when when the when the Cowboys got Micah Parsons. You know the the guy who's leading the league in sacks. They're like, listen, this is a different Cowboys team. They got a good defense now. They've got a really good defense. Well, that's what we're gonna do next year if they hire Bill Belichick. This team's different. They got Bill. 
But until my eyes see it, until my eyes see them go into the postseason and beat a confident team, I will refuse to believe that they're for real. Refuse to. That's fair. And, and before we move off this game, I do want to give I do want to give props because I feel like we have it's more been Correct. a Cowboys about, a right. Cowboys bashing party, and that's fine. I like to do that. But it is crazy how the Packers, time and time and time again, that's three straight times, that they've seemingly found a guy that competes at an elite level at quarterback. Jordan yeah. Love, who I've doubted, has now turned into, uh, again, I don't want to say I don't want to say there's shades of Brett Favre and Rodgers, but he's a damn good quarterback. I, this cat can play. Again, his stat line, by the way, which is very funny, this literally same exact stat line as C.J. Stroud. Right. 16 for 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. I think that's like only two yep. less yards than yep, Stroud yep. threw. Kid was unbelievable. He was finding everybody downfield against what seemingly was an elite defense. I I put this tweet out last week about the, the comparisons between C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love. And a lot of people got on my case being like, hey, you're, you just – you just don't like Ohio State and all this stuff. And that might be that might be true, but like if you look at what they've done this year, their stats are almost identical yep. across the board. And you can say what you want about Jordan Love being in the system for, for three years. This was essentially his rookie year. Oh, no doubt. Essentially his rookie year. He, he yeah. I think he had 80 snaps before coming into this year. And he took a team that was quarterbacked by one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game last year, Aaron Rodgers. And he made their team look better this year in his rookie season. He made the Packers look better. You might recall last year, the Packers went into the final game of the year needing to win to get into the postseason. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? He didn't play very well. Didn't play very well at all. This year, same exact situation happened. They go into the final week of the year needing to win to get in the postseason. And what does Jordan Love do? He's like 28 for 32, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and looks fantastic. This was as big of a Jordan Love coming out party as it was as a dismantling of the Dallas Cowboys. It truly was. Jordan Love is the real deal. Now, it's a shame that they wasted his rookie contract because mm -hmm. now they're going to have to pay him $45 million or something along those cases very soon. But Jordan Love is the real deal. That being said, they're probably going to get blown out this week by the 49ers. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not going to do this and say that anybody's the real deal. I'm not going to say it about Stroud either. Let me see you do it for a while. I mean, everybody wants to throw Aaron Rodgers in front of the bus just because you don't like his politics. Aaron Rodgers has done it for a while. He's yes. the real deal. We don't not Jordan Love. He's done it not even for half of a season. The first half of this season, he wasn't worth a hoot. So I am certainly not buying right now to say he's some guy I'm giving $50 million a year to because he went 9-8 and eight during the regular season and had one good playoff game. I'm not doing it. But let me ask you this, Tom. Stroud either. Let me ask you this, say, Tom. You're going to the exact same season. Let me ask you, let me ask you this, Tom, though. You're going to have to pay somebody at quarterback. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I'm not going to do what I just said I'm not going to do and what Reed just did. He wants to make Jordan Love the second coming Aaron Rodgers. That's not what I did. I said he's a good player. He's a, he's a very good player. They found their franchise quarterback. I don't know if they found their franchise quarterback. I don't know that. I don't know. Neither do you. He yes, had sir. one. He had really his best games came in the last four or five weeks of the season. Granted, when they needed him the most. And he looks really comfortable and really confident and very good. But I am not under any circumstances going to say in one of the worst divisions in football that a team goes nine and eight. That's fair. And, and the guy has one good playoff game. And all of a sudden, he's, he's my $50 million a year quarterback. I mean, 
Come on. But let me ask you this. So you'd rather him walk? Yeah. No, he... that's not what I said. Well, well, you, don't have what you, you don't him. have to do it this year. You can tag him. You can. Well, he can. He can get twelve million dollars. Well, twelve million dollars is well, nothing. That's what he, that he, he'll get. Twelve I mean, million dollars. He's a bargain. But he's gonna his his agent. If his agent is is worth a damn at all, he's gonna walk into the Green Bay um, ownership and say, "Listen, he's not playing next year for twelve million dollars." I can promise you, Jordan Love. They'll pay him whatever they pay him, and he's gonna play because he's had eight good weeks as a pro, yeah. and all of a sudden he is not going to hold out and not play. When he's guaranteed, he's been waiting for four years to be a starter. He is going to be there in training camp. You can take it to the bank. They can pay him fifteen cents, and he's going to be there. I don't know. I When's mean, the I last have... quarterback you can name that held out? Well, they normally get Lamar paid. Jackson didn't hold out. He didn't go to OTAs, right? He held out well, for. He held no, out. but I'm he talking about when it, he could have a year ago when he was on the last year of his deal. Hey, he these guys ain't walking away from twelve million. I, if, if Jordan Love's worth, worth, if his agent's worth a darn at all, he absolutely should hold out. Because he, I, listen, you can you can say that it's only been eight weeks, but there isn't a quarterback that had a better what eight nine week stretch in in, in this year than Jordan Love. I I, I just I just said that. I just finished saying that. I know. I'm just. I'm saying that. I. I will be shocked. I will be shocked if Jordan Love plays for twelve million dollars next year. If he play, because that's what he's due. That's Can what he's you owed. name me one player? One well, they always player. get paid. On, that's on, why because you pay the quarterback. Hang on a second. It's not true. Le'Veon Bell didn't 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 get paid. He was he wasn't the quarterback. How, no, but he was the best running back in football. Right. Which is how a, did that play out for him? It played out fine for the name Steelers. Me the last player and besides, name me the last. That, and there's a reason why these quarterbacks, there, there has never been a player in any sport who in the, well, I'm not going to say never, because there's always an outlier. There is no, and we got into this last year talking about Casey, I can't remember who we were talking about, Burrow or somebody, or Lamar, was he going to do it? These guys, their career is too short. There, it, you should be sued and never work again as an agent if you tell your player who's been sitting on the bench for three years and you become a starter for one season and you're going to make 12 to $14 million, you should never work as an agent again if you tell that player to sit out a year. Because when they come back the next year, they ain't getting $12 million. You can take it to the bank. Quarterbacks are so much different than running backs, Tom. You're right that a quarterback has never held out because when they do or they hint at it, guess what happens? They get paid because they're that valuable. Because they're that valuable. Well, I personally, I don't think he's going to be top market. I don't think he's making he doesn't, 50. No, no, no. He's, he's probably going to get million. that $40 million, right. which is fair. In that's my what he deserves. I think, I think that's fair. And he probably won't even get that long of a deal either. It'll probably be a, a year or not a year. It'll probably be like a three-year deal Correct. for $40 million. I think that's more than fair for Jordan Love for what he's shown you so far. And I don't know, guys. Matt LaFleur, he really turned this team around. Yeah, he did. Um, he got Aaron Rodgers to the championship game a couple times. I'm not going to say it's a total wash against the 49ers because they've shown too many cracks this yep. year. I've, I've been hyping the 49ers all year round, and now they're starting to show some, some, some cracks in the armor, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I really do. Good. The thing I'll say about Jordan Love's contract is just a few weeks ago, we did a buy or sell segment where we talked about Baker Mayfield. 
and we said, if Baker May does Baker Mayfield deserve to to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay for a couple years? And we talked about what he would deserve, and it's probably in the 30 to 35 range a year. And if you're telling me if I could have Jordan oh, Love well, there's no contest. or Baker Mayfield, I'm, I'm taking Jordan Love. Right. So if Baker Mayfield is deserving of 30, 35 million, Jordan Love should walk in there and say, I need $40 million. It, it, once again, we're not talking to Joe Burrow, max out, breaking records deal, seven years, $270 million. We are talking, like Casey alluded to, a three-year, $120 million deal yeah. to say, because Jordan Love, if Jordan Love goes out there next year, and in week two, tears his ACL, heaven forbid. Guess who's not getting that big contract, getting that big payday anymore? He's coming into the final year of his contract. He should absolutely go out there and ask for it. Well, he got $13.5 million guaranteed this year. And with incentives that he hit, he made $22.5 million this year. So it's going to be a lot more than, okay. than some $16 million a year deal. I will say that they will rework that contract. Yeah, well, they're, they're both already talking about it. All right, and then we get to the nightcap. The storylines, as we mentioned in the uh, monologue, were, were just were, – they, they were too good to be true. If you try to sell it in Hollywood, it wouldn't work. Um, here you have Stafford, blood, sweat, and tears all the years, playing hurt, all-time leader in everything in Lions history. He requests a trade. They sent him to the Rams. First year there, bang, wins a Super Bowl. Well, the guy who comes back the other way is Goff. First round pick for the Rams, got him to a Super Bowl, didn't win it. They ship him off to Siberia, both literally and figuratively, in Detroit. And then here you have them playing against each other last night, right? Goff was there with McVay, um, Dan Campbell, and the first home game in over 32 years in the postseason for Detroit. Um, it was by far the best game of the weekend. Mm -hmm. Not even close. By far. Right? By far. by far the most competitive, the most engaging. And you know what? It was nice that, that, that both quarterbacks were able to live up to playing well because they both played very well. Yeah, it, it, was, it was an interesting game. When you really dive into how the game unfolded, it might – appear the reality might be different than what you remember of what the game because it felt like I mean me and Elliot were talking about this it felt like the Lions were kind of having their way and they did for the first quarter yep they certainly did but we saw a stat that was was very telling the Detroit Lions from the eight minute mark of the second quarter to the end of the game had one snap one snap inside of the Rams 35 so they had nothing Nothing going for the for the final three quarters of that game. They still did enough in that first quarter to hold on. They did just enough to, to, to hold on. And then you think about Matthew Stafford, and both guys played very well. Like Jared Goff made the made the pass on second and nine. I still can't believe they passed in the final game or final drive to get that first down. Matt Stafford is a gamer. He's he's maybe the most fun quarterback to watch in the NFL. Josh Allen's up there as well. But like Matt Stafford, you know, with a chance to win the game. What do they do? They go down. They get first and goal. Chance to take the lead. They're, they're down 17-24, I guess, to tie it up. And they can't get a touchdown to tie it up. They get the ball back. Go down. It's first and goal once again. This time, to take the lead. Settle for a field goal. You're yep. down one. Final drive of the game. You get down to the 30-yard line. You're in field goal range. 
can't get it done. So it, it, it was a, it was the best game by far of the weekend. But I feel like I feel like the the reality of what happened is different than how we remember that game and both how the quarterbacks played. Yeah, I, I I'll say this. I I've seen again. I'm a big fan of the NFL. I love watching football. I love watching elite quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford is one of my favorites. He's tremendous. Yeah, no doubt. He's tremendous. What he had to endure when he was in Detroit. And I and again, I say this with love and respect. This is this was one of the hits from last night. Uh, again, and he was taking these kind of hits every single every single game uh, when he was with Detroit. He was getting beat up, stepped on, head knocked down, his finger was bleeding out of the slits right. in his in his hand. Uh, this guy is one of the toughest guys. In, in the NFL, maybe the tough, I, I might say the toughest guy in the NFL Yeah. with what he's had to endure in Detroit, what he does every single night after night, he was getting checked for concussions. Every single, every single drive, he's coming over there, having his blood sucked out of his, out of his throwing hand. It was, it was insane. And, and again, last night he was what he, he threw for 367 yards Two touchdowns, didn't make a mistake. He made one mistake, and he tripped on himself earlier on in the game. Right. But the, the, what, I, what I will take away from this game, Sean McVay, with a horrible misuse of timeouts in that second half, with four minutes left in this game on the opposing 44-yard line. The, 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 the Los Angeles Rams were on the Detroit 44-yard line. Right. It was fourth and 14. But Matthew Stafford's thrown for 367. They converted a third and 20 from their own 10 earlier in the game. Sean McVay elects to trust the defense, who has been shredded for a lot of that game. Chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. I think David Montgomery averaged 10 yards a carry. He elected with one timeout and a two-minute warning with four minutes to play to take the ball out of his quarterback's hands and give it into the Detroit Lions. They deserve to lose because of the mistake Sean McVay made. Mm -hmm. That is pathetic. On your 44, you're going to end your season by having the other team take out the clock? It's preposterous. As good as Matthew Stafford played, as good as Puka Nakua, who, by the way, might, again, I know C.J. Stroud's going to win the rookie offensive rookie of the year, but Puka Nakua, what he's done this season is nothing short of incredible. He set another record last night. Most rookie yards in a postseason game, he had 180 yards. All that's happened, you take it away out of your hands, you give it to the Lions, the lot, you deserve to lose the game just on that decision alone. It was, it was a great game. Uh, again, I, I, I called the Lions frauds, and it seemed like it was, they were going to be proven, uh, or at least they were going to prove my, my theory correct, Towards the end of the game, like Reed said, they didn't get a, a ton there. But I, I give respect to Dan Campbell. I sent this video to Casey uh, last night on Twitter. When Dan Campbell came, in, came into Detroit, everybody laughed at him. Everybody mocked Everybody mocked him. Even that decision in Dallas, uh, and, and I saw Big Cat, shout out Big Cat, but he said it was a ball-don't-lie moment. How now, because Dallas loses in humiliating fashion to Green Bay, Detroit gets another home field advantage. But when when... When Campbell went for two, the two-point conversion on his own 10-yard line instead of kicking an extra point to force overtime against the Cowboys, everybody laughed at him. He is now coming to Detroit, giving them their first postseason win in 30 years. This was his opening press conference, and everybody laughed at him, including me, when he started talking about biting people's kneecaps off. But I'll tell you what, this guy's coming to Detroit and has, has done what most coaches, I don't know how many coaches they've had in 30 years, but it's been over five that they've all failed, and this is what this guy had to do. This guy, this is what he had to say at his opening press conference. 
this place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, but none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. All right, here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right, and this city's been, been down, and it found a way to get up. All right, it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right, and so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. And we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before. Before long, where they're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. And that's what it was. And they came out last night. They quite literally took Stafford's kneecap out, <laughs> and they won the game. That Shout out to Dan Campbell. I make fun of him. Everybody made fun of him. He's come in into Detroit, uh, uh, one of the worst sports franchises ever, and he's won a playoff game. Congratulations. Well, Dan. guys, this is where I sent out on Twitter last night, and I know from firsthand, because the last game he did in the booth was my longtime partner, Chris Spielman, former great Ohio State linebacker, former great Detroit Lion, multiple times in the Pro Bowl. Hell, this guy was on the cover of a Wheaties box when he was in high school. People don't remember that. He was the first team sport athlete, not Olympian, not the Mary Lou Rettens of the world. He was the first team sport amateur player ever to be put on the cover of a Wheaties box when he was in high school in Massillon, Ohio, Chris Spielman. I sat next to this guy every week for five, six, seven years, whatever it was. I've never been around a more intense human being in my life than this guy. I mean, he is football. So he was here doing a Cowboys-Bengals game three years ago. And I went out to dinner with him the night before the game. And he says to me, this is my last game in the booth. This is three quarters of the way through the season. I said, what do you mean? What are you going to do? He said, I have been hired by the Detroit Lions, their owner, descendant of the Ford family, Sheila Ford Hamp, wants to bring me in there to be the special assistant to her, the owner, and to lead the search for a coach and a general manager. Nobody talked about Chris Spielman during that broadcast last night. And Tariko and Collinsworth made a bad mistake by not saying Chris Spielman's name. Because he is Detroit Lions football. Dan Campbell is Chris Spielman. That's who he is. Spielman led the search of Campbell. He led the search of general manager Brad Holmes. And has been there every step of the way. And I am really excited and so happy because there's not a better guy in the world than Spielman. And uh, he is, you know, even though he's a Buckeye, he is a Detroit Lion through and through. Always has been. And he has his fingerprints all over this whole thing. And every time I look at Campbell, I'm just like, yeah, that's Spielman. That's him. Mm -hmm. What you see is what you get. It's uh, it, it, the moniker football guy, right? Yep. Football guy is what you imagine when you see Dan Campbell speak, and 
And, and what do you say about Chris Spielman? Certainly, certainly fits the bill. It's it's exactly the mentality that you like from a football team. Yeah, no it's doubt. why you love football. Yep. It's why you love football. And, and, and I know finesse has kind of taken over the game. Even in this city it has. But at the end of the day, when, when you think of the sport of football, you think of guys like Dan Campbell who uses – uses football as an analogy for war or a boxing <laughs> match and stuff like that. Like, hey, we, we are going to take everything. It's going to take everything to keep us on the mat, that kind of thing. And, and, and he's right. He's absolutely right. I, I've, we, you talk about press conferences and, and how they're meaning, meaningless sometimes, but when you tell a city we're going to embody the city, this is a blue-collar Put your nose to the grindstone every single day. We might be down, but we're going to be back up again in the city of Detroit. And then the Lions do it. You do it in front of a home crowd. Yep. You said you cannot write a better script than that. And I, it really is great. I mean, as Bengals fans, we know what it felt like two years ago when we beat the, the Raiders at home. We know what that felt like. Everyone laughing at the, at the Cincinnati Bengals because you haven't won a playoff game yep. in 30, 30 plus years. And then you finally get it done. You do it in front of your home fans. Zach Taylor going around to bars, giving out game balls and stuff like that. It, it, it truly is cool for Detroit. All right. They're a team to root for. You know for sure. what happened yesterday, by the way, with the Lions winning. I know this. I know what you're going to say. You know what that means? The longest, the longest streak. You don't want to be in the front of this line. It is the Cincinnati Reds that now have the longest streak without a postseason advancement. advancement. It good. was the Lions. And now it's the Bengalis who have not, uh, the Reds rather, who have not done it since 1995. Hamiltonian, Mark Lewis, Grand Slam. The Dolphins, by the way, would be next. They haven't done it since 2000. Well, they're going to break it this year, Tom. And if they don't, by God, I don't know what I'll have. <laughs> I'll still be a fan, I guess, I suppose. Uh, but again, I, I've called the Detroit Lions one of the worst organizations in sports history. Uh, and again, I can't call the Reds that because of what they did with the, with the Nasty Boys, with the Big Red Machine. But since uh, a certain ownership group has taken over... It has been one of the world's biggest disasters. And, and, I, and that's, not, that's not my opinion. That is objective. And that is cemented in stone with this uh, Lions victory now. They are, the longest, they are the longest active streak without a playoff advancement. Good luck to them. Here's, here's the thing about what the Lions did. I think Tom, Tom is with me when I say things like this. But we've kind of adapted a, a rule of thumb to where we're not going – to believe in something until we see it with our own eyes, yep. right? Said that about the Dallas Cowboys. Until I see the Dallas Cowboys win a meaningful game, I'm going to continue to think that they're frauds. We said that with the Miami Dolphins. Until the Miami Dolphins win a meaningful game, until the Miami Dolphins play well in the cold, I'm going to continue to think that they're frauds. And we said that about the Detroit Lions. We said, until my eyes yep. see them win a postseason game, I will continue to think that they're the Detroit Lions. Once you do that... Cards are off, right? Yep. Now you're your own team. Now you, right. now you are a new team, and that's what the Detroit Lions can do. It, whoever they play in the next round, they're at home. Yep. And you're either going to get a Bucks team that you're much better than or an Eagles team that is slumping worse than any team I've seen in the NFL postseason, maybe ever, right? So you're going to get one of those two teams. They'll be favored either way. So they have a chance to go to the NFC no Championship doubt. game. No doubt. 
That's cool. That's All right. really cool. Let's talk about quickly a couple of other games today. Um, you and I thought this was going to be a game, Buffalo and the Steelers. Yeah. I still believe that. You still believe in it? I still believe in it. I mean, more than ever because of the snow. Yeah. Did you see how bad the weather is still down there? And it's going to be miserable. It's going to be very cold down there or up there. I'm sorry. I, I think the spread is too much. It's sitting at like nine and a half. I think right now. That's a huge, that's a huge number. Huge. I think Steelers are going to keep it close. I don't know if they'll win, but they're going to keep it close. Have you guys changed your mind on it at all? So it's funny. They moved the over-under, Tom. It was 33 when the blizzard was coming in, uh, whenever it was supposed to be be yesterday. But it is now 38.5. I think 38 is far too many points. I don't think there will be 25 points scored in that game. So if I have that theory, I certainly can't take the Bills to cover 10 points. I would take – I'm going to take probably the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 10. I'm going to stay – I'm 4-0 on betting, betting spreads this weekend. But on the right side of every single game, I I can't get a read on this one at all. I think that there's not a chance in hell. I don't think there's a chance in hell that the Steelers win this game. I'll say that. I, I cannot see Mason Rudolph going up to Buffalo and beating Josh Allen, who is the Bills and the Rams are playing the best football. We're playing the best football coming into the postseason. The Bills probably are playing the best football at this very moment. I can't see that at all. That, I mean, 10 points, though, is 10 points in, in a blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay far away from this game. I think it's going to be great. By the way, 4.30 kickoff, which is 4.30 in, what is oh, it? It's a holiday. Three, four hours. It a holiday. It's going to be brutal. It's a holiday, but it's, it's, it's wild, man. We've got- it is going to be brutal. <laughs> I love it so I mean, much. they just, they, a few minutes ago, I saw an X. A few minutes ago, they, they, they didn't have enough people that, 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 that came out for the $20 an hour thing. And now they're telling the people that are there, just get the snow off the walkways. They're not even going to get them off the seats now. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to be sitting <laughs> you're in, down you're, there. You're in, you're in charge of your own seat when you get there. <laughs> That's why that, they got the, you know, when you go to the Reds game and uh, the usher comes by yeah. and wipes off your seat, some poor guy is going to just, instead of getting a little cloth that he wipes the seat, they just give him a shovel. That's right. Just like, <laughs> snow <"All> blower. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you sitting? 32A? All right. Oh, I mean, it looks brutal. Dumping it They're not even there. cleaning off the seats. What do you even do? They just with came all out stuff? a minute ago. What are they doing with this? So what did like you they, see? They the, did you see the shoots they created? No. So they lined up these 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 you know these shoots going from uh, the top of the first deck all the way down to the field level, and they had video last night of some dude took off his shirt. Yeah. You saw sli- it. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes yeah. sliding down the the slide, w- w- pushing the snow with his feet as he's going down. Um, once it gets down there, I don't know what the hell they do with it. I, think I mean, po- I think it goes to a, a, a drainage like a, of some kind. Well, drainage, or I think they pile it up and they take it out of the stadium with like a oh okay, like a cart or Tractor something or something. Yeah, yeah. But it, oh, I'm see, I'm assuming the Casey. I'm, you know, I think uh, they should just tell all their fans to get out there, bust out their their summer beach gear, get those plastic little tiny sand shovels, and just. Bring it with you so you can get your own seats. <laughs> Just clear them out. Just, I'm sure. I sent you the video of that fan riding down that thing. That's awesome. The, right. the, the, Buffalo, the Buffalo, New York's um, surf shack's going to be, gonna be yes. sold out of little sand shovels. Uh, all right, people, so how any. Many, how many people show up to that game in all seriousness? How they'll many, be like, sold out. It'll be sold out. Be packed. It'll That's be sold crazy, out. man. Isn't that what's great about football? That is. We, we, I mean, we, in all seriousness, America. Out of all the things I love about America, I love how much we love football. Yes, we was, love it. This was Tom's 
Tom shoot. <laughs> yeah, this is it right here. Look at this. So dude. they just put like a tarp out there, and that's how they're removing the snow. Well, I think they're just putting all the snow from top. Look they're pushing it down on the field, which is he's shirtless. Tom, oh how much money for you to do that? Twenty dollars an hour. <laughs> it's still snowing. No. Shirtless in negative twenty-five Look degree at weather. That. Look at that stadium. In all seriousness, guys, we joke about twenty dollars an hour, but I would, I would do it. For the story, yes. I will. T- I will. T- I will tell my kids. I will tell people similar to how I joke about how everyone in Cincinnati has a relative that's lying about going to the freezer bowl. I will tell in Buffalo. In Buffalo, everyone will have a family member yep. that said, "Yeah, I got paid twenty bucks an hour to go mm-hmm. shovel the snow. It was great, fantastic time, so cold, but man, so many good memories." They better win. Oh, man. Can you imagine, Tom, can you imagine spending your Sunday and Monday holiday off? Oh, my God. Going to Highmark Stadium in support of your Bills. Shirtless. Shirtless, having just a a good old grand time. Then noted um, elite quarterback Mason Rudolph comes up. Oh, no. And shreds your defense. Golly. By the way, I just, for curiosity's sake, I wanted to look at the rush attempts as a bet and it is not high enough uh jalen warren with eight and a half Najee harris with 16 and a half james cook with 15 and a half are we kidding I, they're gonna be running the they're both those guys are gonna run like 20 plus times right oh well, last I, time any to any two teams playing a game like this is that we talked about it last week was new england when they beat buffalo and they and, and they didn't complete but one pass in the game yep. or maybe not a single pass i don't remember which it was all right, uh, the other game, you still – you got – who did you pick, Tampa or Philly? Uh, I think for this game I picked Tampa I'm to win, up. I think. I was with Reed on – I think the Eagles, me, they're me and, super cold right now. Me and KC are on the Bucks. You guys are on the Eagles. Okay, okay. And both quarterbacks uh, literally are hurting and hurting bad. Uh, Baker Mayfield's got injured ribs, which he's had for two weeks now. He also has a bad ankle. Jalen Hurts, as of Friday, had not thrown a single ball after injuring the middle finger on his passing hand in the game last week when he came back in and said later he wished he wouldn't have come back in. Uh, A.J. Brown is not going to play for the Eagles. They think he might be available if they win uh, next week. So that's that. You know, there are two things, and I tweeted this uh, yesterday. Did anybody see the video of the Chicago Bulls fans, and Jerry Krause's I did not. widow. I did. This was one of the saddest things, and I, I just don't know where we are anymore as a society. And somebody tried, jumped on me yesterday, oh, Tom, you're lecturing somebody. I'm not lecturing anybody about anything. I'm just wondering, who is the person? I mean, who, who are they? Who is the person that goes to a celebratory event? This was an event to recognize one of the greatest teams in the history of professional sports, the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen, and all these guys. The general manager who put together those teams is a guy named Jerry Krause. Now, Krause was this big, heavy, short, Sort of you know, rugged sort of guy. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to broadcast a few of the Bulls games back in those days when Wayne Larrabee, who I worked with at WGN, was also the voice of the Chicago Bears. 
So there was a situation around Thanksgiving one year where the Bears were playing, Wayne had to do the Bears game, and they asked me to come over and do three Bulls games on television. Jerry Krause was also a huge baseball guy. Huge baseball guy. Was a scout, whole nine yards. And, and in fairness, in unfairness, I should say, Michael Jordan, who had complete content control over that 30 for 30 thing about the Bulls Mm -hmm. that was such a huge hit. He did nothing to help Jerry Krause in this thing. Gave him a nickname behind his back, would say things about him. And a lot of it had to do just simply with the way the guy looked. And they portrayed it like Krause was a guy who broke up those teams. They won six championships. They had two runs of three in a row. So the other night in Chicago, they, they have this celebration of this team. Jerry Krause is dead. He died just a couple of years ago. So for this celebration, does Jordan show up? No. No. Video message. Scotty Pippen show up? No. Rodman? No. Well, one person who did show up was Jerry Krause's widow. They've been married 50-something years. So when they introduce his widow as part of the celebration, the boos start raining down from the stands in Chicago Stadium. Stacy King, who played on some of those Bulls teams, who's now a radio commentator, He was beside himself. Steve Kerr. They set this thing up in part with Golden State coming back there to Chicago because Kerr was such an integral part of those Bulls teams as a player. He said it was the worst thing he's ever seen in sports. The worst thing he's ever seen. Who in their right mind boos a widow of a dead man on a night when you're supposed to be celebrating what he had a huge hand in putting together and the success of that franchise. Who does that? I'm not kidding. Who does that? Now, some people say, Tom, who does that? Say what you said on a broadcast. I hear you. But who boos a woman, a widow? Who, who is sitting in their What kind of a human being is sitting in their chair and thinks it's a great idea to boo a 70-something, 80-something-year-old woman who's already lost her husband to death? Who does that? And we just let it roll right off. We just let it go like anything else in this cycle of news, 24-7. We just let it go. I I just... When I watched that, my heart completely broke. And any human being who has half of a heart, if you watch that clip with her breaking down, starting to cry, with people needing to console this woman, who is honored and privileged to be there, just included that they haven't forgotten about her or her husband. 
I was so grossly disappointed. And did you see the shot yesterday when, 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 the, uh, when the Rams took the field? I don't think these two things equate. You're absolutely right. It is, it is an absolute travesty that that happened in Chicago in all seriousness. That is, that is terrible. That's the worst. That, that's part of the worst parts of, being, of, of fanatics, being f- sports fanatics. The Matt Stafford thing, I think, is all in, in – like, I think most Lions fans love Matt Stafford. It's just like the, the booing of Matt Stafford. I, seriously, if you ask Lions fans, I'm sure they love Matt Stafford. But it's just in the, the heat of battle, the first playoff game, and they're the, they're the enemy. I don't think these two things are equal, I guess is what I'm saying, Tom. One is, is objectively terrible. Absolutely terrible and travesty. The other one, I think it's all in good, good fun of being a fan. I think if if like uh, I'm trying to give I'm trying to give an example. If Joey Votto plays for a team next year, and he comes in the Great American Ballpark, in, 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 uh, there will be no boos. There will be a standing ovation. I I think I agree. I with think Tom. I'd boo Joe Burrow if he goes if he goes somewhere else and, and he comes home to to Paycor Stadium. I think I'd boo him as he walked out on the field. I would not I would not boo Joey Votto. You, do you think people would boo Joey Votto? I don't think people will boo Joey Votto. No, of course they won't. No. So, no. There were people last night when, when Stafford went into, the, went into the blue tent last night. You could hear people booing him as he was hurt going into the tent. I just don't. I, I, and, and I'm no perfect person, Lord knows. But I just don't get it. I don't get what would lead you to all of a sudden. Maybe it's alcohol. I don't know. We've all done stupid stuff for drinking alcohol. I have no idea. And, and, and people keep saying Matthew Stafford asked to be traded. So what? So what? He gave you everything he had. There are body parts of Matthew Stafford littered all over Ford Field. Right. The guy played hurt every year, every game for teams that had two, three, five, six wins. I mean, the trade is the only reason why they're even there where they're at right now. If they did not trade Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff, they would have not been in the position that they're in right this second. They wouldn't have Laporta. They wouldn't have Panay Sewell. They, they wouldn't have all these guys because – it just took them on a different trajectory. Listen, I think it's just I, – I, I, I get I, – I really would like – because I don't know enough Lions fans. My college roommate is, is, was at the game last night. He's a diehard Lions fan. I don't think a whole lot of Lions fans hate Matt Stafford. No, I don't either. I don't – I think it was – I think they booed beca- in, in the spirit of having a home playoff game and they're just going to boo the opposing quarterback. And there's some, there's some, I, like I still, if you ask Lions fans, yes, we love Matt Stafford. We're playing him for our first home playoff game in 30 years. Yeah, we're gonna boo him. I think it's just that. I don't. I, I think if it's just reading into it a little too much. I think it's just all, all right. in the spirit of okay. a good game. Fair but enough. I, I don't, I don't fair think I, what fair. happened in Chicago is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's a shame. The Chicago sports fans just suck, and he's sitting right there. And, and, and sorry, I'm very sorry about the, that. The Jerry- but I. But by the way, Matthew Stafford. And again, I agree. You boo the opposing player. I get it. But he did spend 12 years there. This isn't like he spent four years, right. and then the first chance he got, he's up and gone. This is Eli Manning not wanting to play for the Chargers. This is a guy who spent 12 years of his life in Detroit. I do think he, I think he earned some respect. Well, I mean, and the other thing was, I was trying to think of, you know, some people were bringing it up after I sent out the thing on X last night. Now, Carson Palmer, 
I would totally get if right. Bengals fans because Those not only did Carson Palmer yeah, leave. He talks bad about he, it every, he, every chance. chance he gets. He goes out of his way Correct. to bury the Bengals. Yep. No Correct. matter what he does, and I, for the life of me, I don't get. It. I've never liked the guy anyway, but and I've been in a bunch of meetings with him. Something about him. Thinks but, highly of himself. I mean, well, I mean, you know what? He's, he was a, he was a hell of a player. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll give him all that, but I mean. All he does is, I mean, the Bengals can do something great, and he will find a way to turn it into they are the worst thing of all time. And I'm sure he went through some nonsense here. Uh, and there's no doubt he went through some nonsense here about not trying to win and all those kind. But, but, but you've never heard Stafford say a single negative, not one. Right. Not even something as flippant as like, man, you know, uh, fresh start. Maybe a chance to win some more games here than we did in the, Nothing even on the borderline like that. Nothing. Anyway, uh, the Lions, good for them last night, and they win the game and we move Is, on. I will say uh, Steve from Chicago kept putting in the chat and said that the booze, once again, this does not, like what happened in Chicago is terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. The worst of fanatics. They said that a lot of the, the um, vitriol is pointed towards the owner of the Bulls and also the White Sox, Reisdorf, right? Jerry Reisdorf. Is there – I don't know if there's a worst owner in, in sport. He's certainly up there, Tom. I know, I know he's won some championships, Jerry Reisdorf, but I, the, I will never forget seeing him. 2005, Chicago White Sox win their first championship in almost 100 years. And they walk on over to the owner of the Chicago White Sox, and they say, hey, what do you think about – you win in the World Series. You know what the first words out of his mouth were? Buy Chicago Bulls season tickets. What? What is that? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, can you imagine if if the Reds win the World Series, they go over to the Castellinis and they're like, congratulations on winning the World Series. What do you got to say? And he's like, hey, make sure to, to pre-order your season tickets for next year. Make sure to go buy some more jerseys. What? Okay, again, though, again, this is where, this is where, be careful of the words you use. Is Jerry Reinsdorf really the worst owner? His basketball team won six championships, and his baseball team won a World one. Series. Okay, so, I mean, are you going to put him in the same category as Daniel Snyder? No, but Daniel Snyder's no longer an owner. But. Okay, but you know what I'm getting at here. Correct. Okay, so... I mean, look, Reinsdorf has, as people say they want, for the baseball team, he has tried many, 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 many ways to try and win. He spent a lot of money on his teams through the years. And then when they don't, he cleans house, tries a new group. If there's anything wrong with Jerry Reinsdorf, it's he's too loyal to people. He's kept too many people on the baseball side around for too long. And, but I'll tell you what, I mean, he's won at least one. What will we do in our city? For the owner who wins one. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Last thing. Uh, Want to hit real quick before we get going. Um, UC basketball. I saw your... Uh, your. Uh, he did fantastic. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Chatterbox but. Bearcats the other night. Um, and you were talking about how you feel good about the way they're competing. Yeah. I, I think... I think um, 
I've been wanting something like this for a long time, where when you play in the American, it's really hard to get a, a, a good grasp of what your team is because, and I say this with love and I say this with respect, you're playing very bad teams night in and night out. If you play a Houston once every month or once every several months, uh, that's, that's, your, that's your big game. And even Houston, they're the number two team in the country. They're great. Uh, but even Houston, they're not, they're not Kansas. This, no matter what Kansas is ranked, Kansas is always going to be Kansas, right? Texas is always going to be Texas. When you play in the Big 12, you're playing one of these perennial, I, I don't want to say they're all blue bloods, but there's certainly a couple of them in the Big 12. And I think that's awesome. And to have UC compete, to be within reach, to be, to honestly, to, if, you would, if you were to tell me with 11 seconds left in the ball below the basket, I would have told you with down one point, UC has a very damn good chance to win this game. They had it against Texas. A, a, a missed free throw at the end cost them. Yep. But this is three straight games to start, I, which, which is what I claim to be the hardest schedule in UC history, the hardest opening to a conference schedule in UC history with these first seven games. Oh, by far. And they have not only beaten BYU, number the 12-ranked team in the country, on the road. They have... Lost by one to Texas. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make the moral victory joke. Mm-hmm. But you lost by one to Texas, who is ranked at home. You lose to Baylor, who is number 14, who is ranked on the road. This is a good UC team. They're missing one guy who can consistently score. Uh, on Saturday, it, it was Skillings, who has been a no-show for four games now, five games. Came out of nowhere, dropped 20, 27 or 25, whatever it was. Lukosius, who's been the team's best player for the past several games, was one for ten shooting, including missing the game-winning shot. So this is a team. If you if you find your identity, you're going to make the tournament. I still believe that. If you beat TCU on Tuesday tomorrow night, you're right back on track. You're right back on track. We didn't have Aziz, which I didn't know was going to happen. Yep. You got into foul trouble early with Victor Lockin in a bullshit technical. So I, I I'm I'm very pleased with the way UC's playing. Very pleased. I, I couldn't have asked for a better start to the Big 12 uh, than this UC basketball team. I don't think this team... Another win would have been nice, but... I don't think this team can compete for a national championship this year. I don't think anybody's going to say that they can. But I'll say this, they're close. A lot like the Reds, they are damn close, and you can feel it. So I'm, gonna, I'm still going gonna, gonna to say positive vibes over here. Reed can keep all of his Chicago hate over there. They killed Krause. They killed Steve Bartman and all the Chicago fans over here. They'll talking? kill everybody. But listen, here in Cincinnati, we cheer on our guys. And I'm going to cheer on this Cats team all the way home. Tuesday, tomorrow night, we'll see everybody there in the blistering cold against TCU. Can okay. I can I ask a, a question that I'm sure. like like I'm I'm being serious because I don't think you will, but go ahead. No, like I you the Bearcats played well obviously against Texas at home and lost. Go to go to Baylor and lose and have a chance to win. At what sure. point and I'm being serious, at what point does almost winning not count anymore? Because that's because I feel like you're running out of moral victories. Like yes, you are. The Bearcats no, are competing. No, nope, the Bearcats disagree. are competing. But if they keep doing this, what's it matter? If the, they keep losing in the final seconds, what does it matter? The difference is we weren't supposed to win any of these games. Not one. So uh, you were five point favorites against Texas. You were five point five. So you were very very much supposed to win that game. Okay. All right. Out. You were supposed to win one game, and I agree. Almost victories. Right? You're supposed to almost win. Whatever. I, I, that, that's not going to rattle me. My point is, I, I think if UC can compete at this level, eventually it's going to go our way. 
Right now it's not going our way. Eventually it's going to go our way when you keep it close yeah. like this down to the last possession. So if they lose like this the whole way through, then yeah, it's a problem. If they, yeah. if they don't ever win a game, sure. But they're one and two in the conference against three ranked teams. Yeah, I'm just saying. like if Two they, on the road. If they, if they go through this week, who do they play this weekend? They play, they play TCU and then they play Oklahoma. Okay, so if, if once again top they, 10 team they compete, and a top 25 team. right? They're two very good teams, but if they go down, have a chance to win, they don't win. Are we still hanging our hat on at least we're competing? Yeah, I I, I have one I, in four in I, the conference. I have no issue with that because okay. I don't think I think everybody expected UC to lose every single one of these after the abysmal non-conference schedule that they had. When you're when you're losing first halves to Stetson, it's hard to get up against number 12 on the road, but you beat them. You're competing in every single game. You beat TCU. If we get blown out to TCU, then we'll start changing tides. But as of right now, this is a damn good UC team, and they can make a run in the tournament. The games, All right, we got both UC. We'll go ahead real quick. I, I was just going to say, at this moment, the games aren't as big. And t- like, from a whole, You're looking at the whole season for UC. Right. Losing these games won't matter as much as long as they win them in the back end, which oh. that's – that's what really matters is if they can get a good enough record to, to get in there or if they make a lot of noise in the in the uh, Big 12 tournament. That's right. right? Or so a combination of the two. Right. That's yeah. all it really matters is how you play at the end. Well, we will uh, we will be able to get into a lot more UC and Xavier, for that matter, tomorrow. They both play tomorrow night. We mentioned Butler in town to play X, TCU in town to play UC. We'll talk tomorrow about um, both the playoff games today and then start to look ahead at uh, next weekend in the divisional round matchups. Case? Yep. Have a good day, big boy. Thank you, Tom. Zebra? Adios. Free box lunch coming up, Tom. Free box lunch. Here we go.